0: Welcome to the Inspiring Social Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Fergal Byrne. Every week, I talk to inspiring social entrepreneurs and changemakers dedicated to building a better world. Here, they tell their stories, the highs and the lows, and share what they have learned to help other social entrepreneurs and changemakers on their journey. Most
1: of our foundations. Support mobile for good projects mainly because that's our business. We do um, mobile best, so that's what we support through our projects to try to make the world a better place. Our function is to be able to move the needle for social impact. So, in the same token, if our funds could help the project move a little bit further and get that much closer to market to help people make life easier for them,
0: that's really our main duty. I'm very pleased today to be speaking to Jane Sugayama, Director of the Vodafone Americas Foundation. June has developed the Vodafone Americas Foundation Wireless Innovation Project, a competition designed to seek the best wireless technology solutions to address critical social issues around the world. Over the last six years, the Wireless Innovation Project has awarded nearly $3 million to not-for-profit, non-governmental organizations and universities supporting a spectrum of high-potential mobile and wireless technology solutions. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to inspiring social entrepreneurs. It's great to have an opportunity to talk to you today and learn more about the activities of Vodafone America's Foundation and some of the exciting initiatives that you are pursuing to help fund social innovation. Can you tell me a little bit about the the Vodafone America's Foundation just to begin with and what your aspirations are in general? the director of Vodafone
1: America's foundation located in United States, California, uh, to be precise, near Silicon Valley. Vodafone is a little bit different than a lot of uh, larger corporations that provide um, funding or that do foundation work. Vodafone worldwide has 27 foundations, and that's quite different than most of the larger uh, corporate models. Um, larger companies like Let's say I don't know Coca-Cola or or um, some of the pharmaceutical companies that do foundation work usually provide funds through their headquarters um, out of their marketing arm or their business unit. But the um, Photophone American Fund, excuse me, Photophone has 27 independent foundations with um, their own bylaws and board of directors, and rightly so because. You know, as you know, the issues that we all face are different from country to country, and how we can support them are different from country to country. So I think it's a very good model for us. Um, That said, most of our foundations um, support mobile for good projects, mainly because that's our business. We do um, mobile best, and um, so that's what we support um, through our projects to try to make the world a better
0: place. Great. That sounds great. exciting. And here in the United
1: States, um, we run the Vodafone Americans Foundation. Um, And the business side will be launching um, a U.S. business. Um, We've just launched a U.S. business shortly, but the foundation has been in operation um, ever since um, Vodafone came into the United States, which is about um, the year 2000. Aside from The regular grant-making funding we provide, we run a very large project called the Wireless Innovation Project. It's a competition to find the best wireless innovation to make social impact. And um, that's been our signature program up to now, and um, that's
0: what we're talking about today. That's okay with you. Excellent. Excellent. So how would you characterize the state of innovation, really, in in wireless? How has that been evolving? I mean, wireless has been around for a while, and and technology continues to evolve at a a pretty rapid pace. Can you maybe just give me a a kind of a snapshot of of what you see in in that space? Sure technology has been
1: evolving incredibly as far as the technology itself is concerned, as you know, from the, you know, feature phones all the way to the smartphones and the iPhones that we have now. Um, But if you look at the developing world, it's advanced. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's a way to describe how much it's advanced. You know, mobile phones are on all corners of the world, in in, in some of the desolate areas as well, um, and it's really bloomed and blossomed, especially when you're talking about something like mobile money or providing uh, healthcare through mobile. Um,
0: yeah. Yes, I did collection, especially. Yes, I did interviews earlier with Zuna and the Prickle Foundation in South Africa earlier in this series, and they're doing some amazing work really in both of those areas, uh, health and money transfer. Right. So when you look at technology like that
1: in developing countries, almost reverse engineering from developed for, from, you know, developing countries to developed countries um you know like if you look at the United States we're way behind when it comes to mobile money or like using mobile for healthcare and you know i guess good reason i mean we do have some um, embedded infrastructure that's really hard to um, to break through as well as some some good um infrastructure that that's there for, you know, regulation and, and laws to make sure everybody um stays healthy and um is run correctly
0: and so how does the uh prize work i mean i i know it's the x prize that's a very high profile initiative that has seemed to have been very successful raising money for various uh, science projects what is it about a prize do you think that lends itself to very good projects and to fundraising a couple of reasons you know we're we're
1: a foundation Although there's a corporate name associated, we're still a foundation, a nonprofit organization. And so I just want to assure everybody that that's what we are. We're not a VC. We're not looking to acquire a company. As a matter of fact, you know, out of the innovations that have won, we don't touch the IP. We don't sit on their board. That's not why we're here. Um, We don't have an uh, an endless. bit of money, and we don't have the time or that manpower to sit on boards. That's not our function. Our function is to be able to move the needle for social impact. So in the same token, if our funds could help the project move a little bit further and get that much closer to market to help people and make lives easier for them, that that's really our main duty. And so the amount of money is is, is fairly significant. And the first prize winner is three hundred thousand dollars over three years. Second prize is two hundred thousand over three years, and third is one hundred thousand over um, three years. And I think. um if we may say so ourselves, we, we have been really good in identifying projects that are at that critical point where they need that kind of money to push them forward to the next stage. Um, we have a particular point in time of projects that we're looking for, either late stage research, prototype, or testing, because we feel that's the critical point in juncture that they can use
0: um, a certain amount of funds to be able to move to the next step. All right, that's and that's very interesting. What kind of funding might they have had up to that stage and what happens when they reach that stage generally? I, I know sure. each, each case is distinct probably, but only general insights. You
1: know, we're not a VC, so we're not be able, we're not able to, to support something from conception stage all the way to
0: marketing. Yes, surely. So, uh, they, they've, most of these people have received
1: funds. If they were universities, they've you know received university funds, um, some um, grants. Um, if they were NGOs, certainly they've worked with other NGOs and partnered and collaborated and received grants from governments. So they're at the stage where they're about to prove themselves, where they've proved themselves, and they're ready to scale. Um, so I, I think that's where
0: you know our money has really made um, an impact. Right, that's very interesting because uh, scaling is such a an important dimension. I mean, do you distinguish between for profit or not for profit, or have you any observations on how the the landscape is there in terms of wireless for good? But I guess it's a pretty wide ranging sector generally. The whole social entrepreneurship, different sure. structures, different forms, and so forth.
1: Nonprofit organization here in the United States, so we can um, we we can provide to. Quasi nonprofits, but we really try to make it easier on ourselves to support only nonprofit organizations. So, if they are from a university or if they are if they are an NGO, that's easy enough for us to fund them directly. Otherwise, um, if they are startups or if they are commercial, they usually have a nonprofit partner. Um, for example, we have one innovation winner, mobile um, ODP, which is a cervical cancer detection. Um, a tool off of the smartphone. Um, they are a commercial entity, but they have a huge project with a partnership for, with a clinic in Mexico. And so we fund their project that way. We have
0: NGOs, we have startups, uh, a whole variety. Right, that's interesting. Um, you may not have a perspective on this, but I'm just wondering do you have a sense of the growing role of foundations generally in funding social innovation you know as you know i spoke to jane chen of embrace and they have you know a non-profit and a profit arm and and she talked about you know the importance and the the crucial value of foundations in funding their work do you have any insights into that Generally, and, and also, wh- wh- which sure. is more or less appropriate, you know, under what circumstances. It's a, it's a big area, but any thoughts on that?
1: Sure. I actually have a strong opinion on that. And I feel that philanthropy plays a very big and an important role. Of course, there's a lot of different schools of thought in this. Um, you know, philanthropy shouldn't be funding anything that, that's revenue uh, during or... Um, you know, has fees associated with it. Um, But, you know, when you think about it, philanthropy money is very, very different from commercial money. I mean... You know, foundation money, we don't have shareholders. We, we don't have to look for the bottom line and revenues. I mean, we are not there for the dollar's sake. That said, that doesn't mean that a foundation does not do their due diligence and fund whatever they like. Um, you know, we do do their due, uh, um, due diligence. We do um, investigation. We look at financial models, business plans. Um, I think philanthropy has a great role in, to play um, for uh, the incubators. Um, Not—I don't mean to fund startups directly or businesses directly, but certainly um, the, 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 the fertile ground to support new businesses to start, to create entrepreneurship, to to um, assist them and to nurture them. You know, those grounds are where I think philanthropy can play a very, very big role. And, you know, there are many nonprofits that have a fee-for-service model, um, revenue-generating to be self-sustaining. And then there are also a lot of nonprofits around there that are acting as incubators and um, uh, supporting startups. We, for one, have um, partnered a local impact hub uh, in Oakland um, to, to sponsor a startup school because um, we felt that a lot of startups have different gaps small ones and large ones. And um, if we can assist them in any way uh, to talk about business plan, uh, presentation skills, uh, the different roles of funding. Um, and different styles of funding, um, you know, those are all the basics that startups need to know. And there are um, non-profit, um, like, like I mentioned before, incubation hubs like Tamil and um, should, uh, several others, excuse me, but um, they're popping up right and left. And
0: I, I think it's a very good model and it's it's needed. That sounds very interesting, the educational and support side. So this surprise and clearly the quality of the technology and its likely impact and its viability and so forth are important. Uh, maybe we can talk about that at some point. But what about the teams and their, I guess, commercial sensibilities, their capabilities to uh, build a business and also, in the first instance, to present a project and to raise money from a foundation. Um, many social entrepreneurs, I suppose, are less familiar with that funding. What are some of your insights and maybe advice for social entrepreneurs who would be looking for that kind of funding? Sure. That, I'm so glad that you're touching
1: this area because, um, you know, the foundation funding is a mystery to a lot of people, not only to social entrepreneurs, and um, so, you know, our competition is run firstly through an application that's online, so that we can make sure all of the criteria are met. Um, the basic criteria that they have: they are either a nonprofit or have a partnership with a nonprofit. Um, it's a mobile solution. Um, it's, it's scalable, sustainable, things like that. But then thereafter, the finalists are selected and they must appear in person in front of a panel of judges. And the judges come from all backgrounds, whether they're uh, are business people from, from Photophone itself, hub incubators, social entrepreneurs themselves, or journalists. And um, they, they, some of them are area uh, expertise. Um, but the reason we have them come and appear in person is because that team, the cohesiveness has to be seen um, in front of our eyes, and the passion that they have for the people they are helping, the passion they have for their project um, have to show through. And then most importantly, that they are um, engaging. Because if they're not able to engage with the audience, they're not able to engage with future funders, and um, you know we want to make sure we pick a project that has some sort of of, of hope and and uh, insight in future. So um, we have them come in person. We try to identify and see that they have passion, they know um, their constituents, and they 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 have seen or related. Um, to the issue that they're dealing with firsthand. And so, um, you know, that's the number one thing that I recommend, that um, they develop the ease ease within themselves to be able to talk about the subject and to talk about their project. And um, definitely a business plan. a business plan as in not necessarily revenue generating yet, but a strategy that's developed to how to reach market is within the whole package. And if you don't have that talent yourself, well, then go find somebody. Go find a consultant. Go if you're on campus, go across the hall and get somebody from the business department to help you. We look for teams that are cross collaborative, cross disciplinary. Single subject is, is usually not a way to be able to reach market. You're not an expertise by just you're not an expert by just knowing that one thing. You need expertise from a group of people to be able to run a viable project. A viable business, um, so you know the people who reach us in our competition aren't necessarily at that business point, but certainly they have to have an eye on the future and how they would reach market, so that would really be the most important.
0: For us. Yes, that's very interesting. Um, so when you talk about engagement, what does that look like when they engage with you and funders? I mean, clearly passion, the business itself has to be thought out, I suppose, and be viable. Are there other qualities of this engagement that are distinctive of, of the, some of the entrepreneurs, you've, social entrepreneurs you've met?
1: Yeah. So it could be something as simple as meeting a person's eye you know, just just the contact, being able to speak to individuals as well as all together um, to a group, I mean, some things that are just that simple is, you know, could be that important. Um, So when they come here in person, um, you know, we look for their organization skills to make sure that they know, um, you know, how to... Transit from one stage of their presentation to the next, just like you're speaking and conversing with somebody that that you have an ease within yourself to be able to talk about your project, but just a personal aspect I think is very, very important, and that's what we found was really missing um, in the very very beginning through our foundation um, when we were. But just to backtrack, how we started this wireless innovation project, and competition, was that we were very frustrated with the basic um, funding model to universities providing scholarships. Um, we found that there were a lot of research projects that have been in the basement for 10 years, which would have been and could have really helped people and made their lives easier and really changed the world. but. They intended to research it 10 more years and that they didn't involve their constituents and it wasn't cross-disciplinary and they didn't have a strategy or model to um, make that product available to the people outside of their labs. And so that's why we created this um, competition, to be able to target in and find exactly what we're looking for, and then provide the funds to be able to push it that much
0: more quickly to market. Right, yeah, right. That's that's Those it. Are, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that we're looking for. Would you say that if you were to pinpoint an area where where some social entrepreneurs could do better, it is this question of communication and being able to engage with with funders
1: easily and then that's another thing to be able to have uh, a story a human story associated with your project or
0: product is very important yeah absolutely statistics don't really do it you know the personal the insights into real people and their lives being changed clearly is uh, so much more powerful I understand that this year you've got your finalists already and and you're going to be in June I think uh, announcing the winner what does it look like this year, the finalists? Well, I can't
1: announce the, the winners yet, but the finalists are um, fantastic. It's a great crowd. The interesting thing about all of our winners so far that we really didn't even um, set up to look for that we found that they all have in common are a couple of things. One is that they have gone beyond their product just, just their product itself. So they, they did not stay complacent with the fact that they just finished their product and that, that it's good enough to use. That they've gone be beyond that to continue to refine, continue to adapt, and continue to find other ways to use their product. And then the second thing that i found about all of our winners so far and our finalists is that they've all found ways to utilize the data that they get from their products or their solution. So they either aggregate it to refine the product even more. They get the data and they distribute it to other people in the field so that others can, can collaborate together and find better ways to do things and help or maybe even find ways to collect that data to be able to sell it so that, indeed, they can have a sustainable um, model. Um, So I think those are the two things that that I was um, really surprised to find with all of our winners and all of our finals. What I'm finding with a lot of things that have been coming in are monitoring devices and then finding um, that monitoring itself is... Not good enough if you're monitoring what's the result of the of, of, of what you've monitored? So is it repair that you need is it deployment that you need to do? Um, so they've gone the next step and um, attach solutions upon solutions in mobile. If you look at mobile solutions right now, I think we need to. Um, concentrate a lot more on energy, uh, you know, the battery, uh, uh, renewable batteries, re-energizing batteries, um, energy source, um, access to network, um, and I believe, you know, sooner... Sooner than later, I think the smartphones will be proliferating even the developing countries too. So people are coming up with solutions for uh, smartphones as well in developing
0: countries. Excellent. So how many competitors would you, have, or people, would you have in a year looking for funding? And, and what should aspiring social entrepreneurs with wireless innovation projects do in order to uh, be part of this? Per
1: year, I mean, certainly we would like more. Um, and we end up with eight finalists, and out of the eight finalists, we choose three winners, uh, which we support over the three years. But, you know, beyond the three years, we've continued relationships with all of them. And um, uh, more, I can't, can I say more? Probably more than half have gone on um, to reach market. Um, have gone on to get more and more funding, more and more awards. Um, I think four or five of them have won the Gates Challenge. Um, so they've all gotten significant funding. Two of them have been picked up by BCs. Um, so you know, if they can keep an eye on our website, and certainly there's lots of other funding available if they join meetings um, that happen uh, all around the world for. Um, uh social entrepreneurship and social innovation in the west coast so cap for one that's a really fun great um conference that happens for social um, entrepreneurs associate with your local hubs look for you know both for profit and non-profit incubators our uh, competition usually opens in the fall um everybody is is welcome to apply and that that's really our main duty
0: Right. That's very interesting. Thank you. Thank you very much, June, for taking the time to speaking to Inspiring Social Entrepreneurs. And I wish you the very best of uh, success with the continuing work of the foundation. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Social Entrepreneur podcast. I hope you found this interview inspiring. Please make sure to visit www.inspiringsocialentrepreneurs.com and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future podcasts.